All right, so fuck yes, welcome back to the Hyper Music Host. Wow, that was horrible. John yep. is here. <laughs> what the? <laughs> and Ryan. Yeah, that was uh, summed up 2016. Yeah, pretty much. I was going to do a second take, and then I figured, fuck it. Why not? Chewie <laughs> uh, <laughs> cannot be here today because she is at work, and she wants to follow the age-old tradition of, is it a best of episode? I'm not going to be there. And she always has a legitimate excuse, but I find something fishy about this. How she's just never here for these. She's probably just upstairs. <laughs> I have an upstairs? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Why is she hanging out with my neighbors? Do you have stairs in your house? <laughs> no. It's a, it's a tricky thing she pulled off. Uh, so if you did not catch it by downloading the episode or whatever, today is our best of 2016 episode. And much like last year, which was a lot of fun, we've brought on... And by brought on, I mean we had them record things for us. Uh, a lot of our friends' podcasts, and they will interject here every now and then, and we'll hear what they have to say about things. And then we'll kind of give our own little two cents about stuff. Uh, and then Chewie actually filled out a list this year, so I will read her opinion along with ours, because she cannot be here to do it herself. Um, and I would do aware of you've been doing, but this episode's already going to run long, because that's the way that it goes when you do best of stuff. So I think the best place to start with this is just to roll right into it, and I think we should do video games. Video games. Hooray for video games. Bleep, bloop, bloop. The podcast or friend that recorded for us is, Ryan, do you want to introduce him? Yeah, this is Jeff Ott coming in. Uh, he was on our episode last year, same guy, and he is going to start blogging himself. So you can watch out for articles. Uh, I doubt his uh location will be set by the time we release but uh, we'll share it you know on our facebook page later and uh hopefully he'll be writing some articles for us that should be a lot of fun uh hint, so here, hint. We, here we go i hope i'm clicking the right one hi this is uh jeff here back uh just like last year i'm going to talk about some video games in the last year uh, this time I come to you with actual credentials, as I am a developer on Minecraft uh, Pocket Edition and Windows 10 Edition now. So, plug, plug, plug. I, I get one of those, right? Uh, at any rate, let's talk about some video games. And I'm, I'm not going to talk about the AAAs again. Uh, if you want that, there's Doom, Final Fantasy, Overwatch, etc. Uh, but what I want to talk about is indie games, because I find it extremely more interesting. Uh, so the first game is Stardew Valley. Uh, which is a Harvest Moon clone, and this single man, Eric Barone, uh, decided that he was unhappy with the successors to the Harvest Moon series from the original SNES version, which pretty much everyone was, uh, and he thought he could do it better, uh, and he did. Uh, it is a spectacular game. Uh, it's got more depth than the original uh, Harvest Moon, um, and just gorgeous art and more impressively it was designed programmed composed and the art was done by this one single straight out of college guy uh and it was built on the xna framework which is pretty cool which is now pretty much a dead uh game development framework but uh it's spiritual its successor now essentially unity is what the next couple games are going to be on so the next game uh is called super hot uh if you're not familiar it's a bullet time uh, game so uh, time only moves when you move so you see these very stylized red figures hold up a gun as you're moving towards them and when they shoot the bullet 
you see the bullet and you can kind of sidestep to the right because the bullet's only moving towards you when you're moving. So it creates this really interesting puzzle dynamic where you can pistol whip people and you have to get around. And it is essentially a first-person puzzle game in this bullet time uh, concept. Um, but more importantly, they also came out with Super Hot VR, um, which is for Oculus Rift and the touch controllers, soon to be out for a HTC Vive, hopefully. Uh, they say it will be. Um, I have not spent too much time with it. I did play a little bit, but they actually designed, redid the entire game. They didn't just port the, the regular mouse and keyboard puzzles. They actually changed the game uh, because you can do things like just tilt your head a couple of inches to dodge a bullet. You no longer have to completely sidestep. And um, one of one of my friends, uh, his review was it, it changed his life. So uh, obviously that's got to be high up there. Um, up next, oh, that one was built on Unity. Uh, up next is uh, Firewatch, also built on Unity. Uh, it was designed and directed by Jake Rodkin and Sean Veneman. Uh, these were the creative leads of The Walking Dead, the TV series, I'm pretty sure. Um, and wow, did they make an amazing video game. Um, this just gorgeous environment, the concept is that you're a taking a, a break to become a recluse and, and join a fire watch where there's nobody else around and you have to hike through the forest to find the people with fires and things. But most amazingly, like the, the conversation choices matter and they really get you attached to the characters. Like the intro of the game, like we can spoil things, right? Um, is just, uh, you hike through the woods for two seconds and then some dialogue shows up. No one's even talking. It's just text. And it says, it tells a story about how you met your wife and you get to pick what pickup line you used. And then you, her, you and her get a dog, you get to pick your dog and then, Oh shit, she gets early onset dementia and you become an alcoholic and her family takes her away. It's like all this, like in the first five minutes of just reading text, I'm already emotionally connected probably because I'm getting to choose that like, Oh, I'm getting a, German Shepherd, not a Beagle, but it's also not um, the just the next thing that changes when you make a decision. It's later on in the game they will a character will reference. Uh, there's two characters they can only talk by walkie-talkie because they're these recluse, but um, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I had a German Shepherd. No, I met my wife at a bar, and this is what I said to her." It's just just an amazing game. The ending's a little, eh, but it's great. I highly recommend it. Uh, up next is uh, Hyperlight Drifter. Um, this was largely a Zelda 1 clone, but with some more modern combat things. Uh, it is a 2D top-down, just like Zelda uh, pixel art, and just the, ama the most amazing pixel art I've probably ever seen in my life. The, the intro to it has just like these melting mech flesh things. And the story, there's no written text, there's no dialogue, the story is all told through pictures, so it's kind of like a make-your-own-way-of-what-you-can-make-of-the-story, uh, but it is also, it has that satisfaction with the difficulty and an, an open world where you can choose what's your first dungeon and w how you get your upgrades. That um, was designed by a person named Alex Pe Preston. And it was made in Game Maker Studio, which is just hilarious to me. It's a 17-year-old drag and drop, like 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 RPG Maker style, but more complicated. But uh, engine that was written on Delphi, which is a, as far as I'm concerned, a defunct language. Um, 
so that's that's impressive in and of itself but it, it's really really solid um difficult dungeon crawler uh last uh not last but second to last um let me start by saying i hate this game <laughs> uh some friends of mine told me that i need to put it on and it's kind of weird that i dislike it because i am really a big fan of player griefing as a game mechanic like making people feel bad about themselves <laughs> uh, but that's specifically why i don't like this game it's called overcooked it's a multiplayer game um i couldn't find what what platform it was built on but i assume it's most likely unity uh and it was made by team 17 which are the same people who made worms and lemmings um but the premise is you have four players and the the level will be like split into two sections and two players have the the pan and the other two players have the ingredients so that, and then their uh, orders appear so you have to be like oh somebody get me the meat i need to cook the meat and then you have to c compose a burger and then the the pickup window isn't in your side so you have to hand it off to somebody else and you've got these four people just yelling at each other it just creates this chaos and for that it's great uh and it's f more fun to watch people yell at each other uh but <clears throat> if you if you want a good couch party game i would check out overcooked um so last on my list uh is by jonathan blow he was the single developer i think he had help on the art uh and some other things on braid which if you're not familiar was a fantastic uh puzzle game uh, f uh platformer puzzle game that used time as a mechanic um, and so he spent all his money making Braid. It paid out in dividends. Um, just, just giant success. One of the first really big indie games. Um, like I, he got interviewed on NPR for that game, and that was just weird to me at the time. Um, so anyway, he took all that money and sunk it into a new game. Uh, spent all of his money, built an entirely custom engine, which is just crazy and nonsense. And he made The Witness which is a puzzle game where you solve mazes. Sounds great, huh? So I bought it on day one. Just I knew the, d the designer and the developer of it, and I, I, I was a little put off by the $40 price tag. It's probably a little lower now, but I was, I, I was determined I bought it, and I was immediately pissed off that I spent $40 on a maze-solving game. But I kept on, and about an hour, two hours in, I was again pissed off that I could not solve these mazes. <laughs> uh, this is just an artfully put together game. The art design is amazing. The environments are gorgeous. Uh, the way the difficulty progresses is done uh, just beautifully. The, there's no tutorials or anything when they want to introduce a new maze mechanic. They give you an easy version of that mechanic and they slowly ramp up until the last mazes in the game are a combination of all these mechanics. Um, one of the best things to do is watch other people try and figure out the mechanics when you already know them. That's, that's really enjoyable. Um, but the thing's got like 650 mazes. By the time you're that deep into it you're seeing mazes everywhere even in the game there are actually mazes in the cloud that you didn't know like all the other ones were in these like squares there's a maze here obviously you press a to start the puzzle but then eventually you start to notice that this uh the way the reflection in the sand here is actually a maze if i look at it from this perspective uh and so there's like another like well as part of the 600 puzzles like a hundred of them are just things that you find out in the world if you've got a if you've got an eye for it um 
and then the the, the last puzzle um, the hardest puzzle, so to speak, is, is a timed event where the puzzles are randomized every time and there's just the jaunting music playing that is your timer and it just creates this anxiety like you have to pause it or, or mute it or else you're just going to hate yourself while you're doing it. And I'd loved that a puzzle game could make me just feel nervous and you know uh, clammy uh, from just trying to solve some mazes. Uh, so... Uh, the Witness is just a fantastic game. I, I I think it is the best game of 2015 or 2016. Um, uh, yeah, and that's about it for me. Um, somebody may notice, maybe maybe not, that I didn't say Undertale. Uh, I was going to, but uh, it turns out Undertale came out in 2015. Um, so that's why I left it out. But you should check out Undertale. It's also a great game. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Trial two on getting out of that. Uh, yeah, that's some really interesting stuff. He's really good at listing games that I have not played yet or yeah. uh, have not thought about playing sometimes. Yeah, that's why yeah. he's my guy. Yeah, uh, and he even mentioned some that I was like, I've, I've played, so sweet. Yeah, he uh, he hit none that, I, uh, that I've that <laughs> i played, uh, and he's hit none that are on my list. We kept the list nice. much shorter this year. Uh, yeah. Last year, I think we had a ton of categories. Uh, this year we just kept it down to four, mm-hmm. uh, which is just best, 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 best. Um, so let's go around. So we'll start with best mobile game. Uh, if this isn't unanimous, I'm going to be surprised. Absolutely, Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon Go. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I actually surprised it was unanimous because it, it's not that. Well, great John of a hasn't game. said yet. It looks like he's about it's, to throw a wrench in the chain. Yeah, yeah uh, good. Uh, for me, it was uh, Super Mario Run. Actually, good. Because yeah. uh, Pokemon Go uh, was a great idea and then was kind of poorly executed and ran out of steam really fast. Uh, see, but that's a, I don't think it was poorly executed at all. I think it was exactly what it set out to be, and people just were so excited about it they wanted it to be something more. Yeah, that it just sure, never yeah. said it was going to be. No, it didn't work great. I'm gonna be honest with okay. you. It really it, it had a lot of had problems a lot of on bugs. the on the GPS side trying yeah. to locate things. Uh, I played it pretty early, pretty early on with friends, and we had a hell of a time trying to find things with a little finder, and then they yeah. got it. Yeah, so but a, I can a, go back to episodes of our very podcast where you say that you did that, and it was the time of your life, and I saw, you I loved saw, it. I saw had a blast. Yeah. I saw the blast. We saw yeah. the blast despite the problems. There was a Snorlax somewhere in North Hollywood, and. We couldn't find them mm-hmm. for all we That's tried. That's really frustrating. Yeah, that was frustrating. Yeah. But like, we all, with a bunch of people that we didn't know, just stood under a, ni- a light at night, just like looking at our phones like a bunch of drug dealers. That was fun. Yeah. So, so it was still fun. But I think for me, I just liked the mechanic of Super Mario Run. That yeah. it was su- such a stripped down version of Mario that required a lot of skill. Like you could still play it and it was fine. Just the one button, you jump, get to the end. But there was also coins you had to collect that required you to master the mechanic. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as a just a c- complete game experience for me, Super Mario Run just eked out above Pokemon Go. Otherwise, it would have been Pokemon Go. Best PC game. Overwatch. Overwatch. Stardew Valley. I could see that. Yeah. I didn't play that, so. I, I, didn't, I, did, I played a demo of Overwatch and it wasn't even on a PC. But it's like, well, I know if I had a PC, this would be the game I'd buy. Yeah. This, too, was a tough one between Overwatch and Stardew Valley. Because... Mm. They both hit all the buttons for me. Stardew Valley for me just looks like a snore fest. And I don't mean that negatively. It looks yeah. like if that's what you're into, it looks like a blast. It's just never going to be something I want to play. Um, best console game. Um, this is the same as my best video game of the year, which is it's an older game. But uh, it is the game that I probably spent the most time on in 2016. Skyrim Special Edition. Fair enough. That's a solid choice. Uh, I'm going Dark Souls 3 because okay. pretty much the same reason. 
uh, it's part of the reason why I bought PlayStation over Xbox is mm-hmm. when they did Bloodborne, and it's still the best place to play Dark Souls games. Cool. And yeah, PlayStation. I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I tried playing Dark Souls one on Xbox, and I hated it. Nope. Mm. It's not Couldn't do it. It's it's better on PlayStation. It's the bumpers. There's yep. different bumper mechanic. Hmm. Uh, for me, console was Overwatch. Okay. Uh, and then best video game overall. Uh, yours is <laughs> yep, still Skyrim. Still Skyrim. Mine's still Dark Souls three. Yep. And mine is uh, Stardew Valley. There you okay, go. Yeah. It is the, the most fun I've had and most relaxation I've had playing a game, and that's no stressing. I think that's part of why I'm never going to play it. I'm just yeah. n- I'm not into playing a game for relaxation. I just want to go have fun. <laughs> you want to get angry at it. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of my jam. If you're not going to throw As long as I don't get too angry at it. you got to right. strike that chord. Um, <laughs> okay, so cool. let's... Sorry, go ahead. No, cool. Let's move uh, on. Yeah, let's move on. So we're moving on to comics. Uh, today's comics are coming to us from a friend of the show, Koi Jandro, um, and he was very kind to do this on a week when he had basically no time from what he emailed me. Uh, you might notice a bit of a theme with his, but I'm not going to spoil that because he'll say it better than I will. Hey, how we doing, folks? Uh, this is Koi Jandro of Marvel Movie News and Occasional Screen Junkie. I wanted to send over my favorite comics of the year. Uh, we're doing the best of 2016 goodness, so I wanted to talk the glory. That was 2016's comic run. There was a lot of good stuff. I actually read the most comics across the board uh, in 2016 of any year. I'm a Marvel guy, so my choices are... I'm going to stick to Marvel here. There's there's a lot of good Marvel. There's enough to easily fill a best of list. But I got to say... They really hit it out of the park this year. I wasn't as big on Civil War. Uh, That was their big major event, but their individual issues and their ongoings were incredible. The best book, I think, in the last 10 years, I would say comfortably 10 years, is the current run of Spider-Man Deadpool. It is written by the original writer of Deadpool, or one of the original writers, I should say, uh, Joe Kelly. He, He reinterpreted Deadpool to the man we know today, and it is art by the beautiful uh, McGinnis, and it is far and away the funniest either Spider-Man or Deadpool have been in a while. Now, Gary Dugan's doing an incredible run on Deadpool, and I'll get to that in a bit, but this run is the best of both of them, so it gets the top spot. You can read the book and know each different voice is separate, which is very hard to do with these two characters. The art is consistently stunning, and it's the book I look forward to every single month, and I haven't enjoyed a book as much since, I'd say, the uh, the early Bendis Ultimate Spider-Man run. Spidey Deadpool is incredible, and the end of the first arc ends in a beautiful Dirty Dancing homage, and you're not prepared for how good this book is. Now, moving on past that, Brian Michael Bendis, my current favorite writer, killed Iron Man this year with an incredible run of two titles. One, Iron Man, and also Invincible Iron Man, which is this incredible James Bond take on the character, as told through flashbacks, with incredible art, a very different take on the character, a lot of fun. And speaking of uh, James Bond books, the Black Widow book this year did an incredible job, also with flashbacks, of telling her story. So check out any of those books if you love the noir, love the espionage, Good stuff. Now, that's Invincible Iron Man and Black Widow for Bond. Regular Iron Man if you're feeling the Downey Jr. flavor. And hey, who doesn't? It's Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, and that's how Bendis writes him. Now, the strangest book of the year and the most haunting and powerful, I'd have to say, is the 12-issue Vision miniseries. Now, Vision's not a character that's gotten a lot of love in the past, and this 12-issue run really fleshes, pun intended, the android out. It is a very strange book, uh, and it, it's the one you think about a week. It, it's something, something great. Now, my most surprising book of the year has got to go to Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman is not a character that's that's been given a lot of love or a lot of talent thrown away. She is a great character that really... 
put in perspective, Jessica Jones was a Brian Michael Bendis creation because they didn't trust him yet with Jessica Drew, and Jessica Drew then kind of faded into obscurity over time, and now she's back. Now, this Spider-Woman just had a baby, and it's this beautiful story of Spider-Woman basically being a mom and a superhero at the same time, and you feel the love for her child, and it's... It's a really good book. It's just a great book about being a strong woman and really handling your own, and she's a superhero, and she's got her stuff, like, always in a mess, but always together. It's Check out Spider-Woman. It's, I never thought I'd say that, but it's a really, really good title. Great stuff. Uh, now, All New Wolverine is another tricky book where you've got a girl replacing Wolverine. You've got, you've got a new Wolverine. That's Wolverine. So, the, the standard set high. The bar is really high, and X-23 is an amazing character, but when done wrong, feels like pandering, feels like, oh, it's Wolverine, but she's a girl. No, no, no. This book is Wolverine, and it's really worth checking out. It's got, it's got jokes, it's got some interesting clone stuff, it's got some really cool art, it's got some great action, and you really learn to care about X-23, and you, you know, you don't miss Logan as much as you think you will, and she's a great Wolverine. Um, my favorite interpretation of a new character would have to be the totally awesome Hulk. Um, I didn't think I'd like Amadeus Cho as Hulk, but I do. It's a fun read. It's real silly at times. Um, I'm a Deadpool guy. I am a Spider-Man guy. The current run of Deadpool, the last four years of Deadpool, have been some of the best Deadpool's ever been. This run is a great place to jump on. A lot of people are going to be discovering the character through the movie. Deadpool number one this year, all the way up to where we are now. It's a great place to start. It's a really fun book. The character's actually funny. You'll laugh out loud reading the comic. There's some great Sabretooth stuff. There's some ridiculous flashbacks. It's just killing it, and it's always fun. Um, also, for jumping on points, two other books that you will want to jump on if you're not a big comic guy. Doctor Strange is a character that even I've had trouble getting into. I'm in the situation where I don't know where to start. The Doctor Strange right now is where to start. It's beautiful art from Bicello, one of my favorite artists. It's got some great stuff written by Jason Aaron. It is a brilliant book. It's a great place to learn the weirdness of Doctor Strange and really invest. And also Daredevil. Um, the art is by Garney, I believe, and it's stunning. It's dark. It's noir. You feel like you're in Hell's Kitchen. Charles Soule's writing the hell out of this book. And it's introducing a ton of new villains, and that's really hard to do. They're all great. I dig it. And, you know, I gotta wrap. There's so many books. Um, Cap Sam Wilson is incredible. Um, it's basically a great political commentary on where we are as a country, so it's very important. Um, and also another commentary on where we are as a country is the miniseries Loki, which was only, like I believe, a five-issue run. Check out Loki. And, okay, to wrap it up, Champions. Just started. It's the most fun I've enjoyed an Avengers book. It's not even an Avengers book, but check out Champions. And then Jessica Jones shows a lot of promise. If you're a kid, check out Spidey, S-P-I-D-E-Y. Spidey is the best kids Spider-Man book I've seen in a long, long time. Old Man Logan had some of the best art of the year. Gwenpool won my How Is This Book So Good award. And if you want to read a miniseries and love the X-Men, Worst X-Men Ever is so much fun. And as always, the Miles Morales Spider-Man title is incredible. This was a long rant about many comics. I probably covered about 20 when I meant to do 10, but I this year was great for books. Uh, so if you like comedy, Spidey Deadpool. If you like Spider-Man, Miles Morales' Spider-Man. If you like X-Men, check out Worst X-Men Ever. If you like Wolverine, All New Wolverine and Old Man Logan, so good. If you like comics, you've got a great, great time ahead of you. There's a lot of great stuff, and I hope this helped. And uh, let's look at 2016's books, and hopefully 2017's are just as good. All right, have a great one, guys. 
Thank you very much, Coy, for that. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I uh, actually got excited about Marvel just listening to him. Yeah, yeah, he's got a he's got a lot of passion for Marvel more so than uh, than I have for sure. Not that Marvel's bad. I just don't really read Marvel that much. They should give him a show. He's really good. Uh, yeah, like his whole like Marvel movie news show. That right? would be a perfect show. For yeah, him. he'd be yeah. a really good fit on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're gonna move into our list for comics, and by our list, I mean basically just me and Ryan because John and Chewie did not read as much. Oh yeah. Uh, John, do you have anything on your list? I know Chewie has a couple things. I uh, the only thing I read comic wise in 2016 was uh, Rebirth that you gave me. Perfect, <laughs> and that would be my top because okay. it's the only one. It's not a bad choice. It's and, actually not a bad choice, and I really like how it ended. So yeah. Yeah. it was awesome. No, oh. um, and supposedly they're doing a lot with that this year, but we'll see. But supposedly, um, okay. So we'll start at the bottom of our list and we'll move our way up. Okay. Uh, uh, best one shot of the year. I go DC Rebirth. By DC Jeff Rebirth. Yeah, it's so fun. How about good. you, John? <laughs> yeah. That one. Okay, good choice. Yeah, and uh, from <laughs> Chewie's, uh, she didn't fill this one out, but I typed it in for her. DC, DC Rebirth. <laughs> Unanimous, we yeah, got this. Unanimous. There's a big fan of DC Rebirth over here. Uh, okay, so then moving on to best miniseries. Um, Ryan, did you have one for this or no? Yeah, Batman TMNT. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. That was really good. I, I like- love the way he wrote both Batman and the Ninja Turtles, and he's now writing Detective Comics. So. Yeah, and he did, it was such a good blend that should not have worked i know <laughs> but it still has my favorite line from michelangelo of all of 2016 and i read every tmt book of all of 2016 no not my my little ponies video game no my, my no not my pony racers Pony racers. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good uh chewy did not have one did I you have one no. no okay so mine uh i went for uh boom comics from uh brendan fletcher and kelly thompson uh pink power rangers oh yeah uh it was a ton of fun. It, technically, it will end in 2017. I think it has one more issue left. And if you have uh, ever been a fan of Power Rangers ever in your life, this is the one to pick up. You can skip their their main book, which is very good, but it's also very Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, this one takes place like years after the Power Rangers are over, and she has to get her powers back to save her mom in like some like third world country. And it's like a really cool story of, but I'm grown up. I shouldn't have to be a Power Ranger anymore. But nope, now you have to. It's just kind of really cool back and forth, and Goldar's there, and he hates her because she always beat him. And it's they bring in new Power Rangers, and they all have to have these like little pink accents on their costumes, <laughs> but they're actually really well designed. And I can't speak highly enough for it. It's fantastic. It's both for good for adults, and if you have kids, I have uh, friends who their daughters are obsessed with this series, and it's just very very good. Um, ongoing series. I'm gonna be honest. Although I didn't read any of this series uh, that came out in 2016, mm-hmm. it's probably Saga because that is my favorite comic book that I'm currently catching up to current on. I could see that. Yeah, I've I, heard nothing you know. but great things. I just, for some reason, I just haven't been able to dive into it. Mm-hmm. I know we have like the first issue, and I think we have the first trade here. We have mm-hmm. a ton of it, but we, we read up to about the first trade, I think, and loved it. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I, um, mine is I, I'm a I'm a DC fanboy through and through. So what? best ongoing series has to be Detective Comics because it's been yeah. fucking great this year. It's been good. Like a lot of the DC Rebirth has been. There's been some that's not so great that I'm not reading. Then there's most of it's all pretty good. Then there's some that's excellent. And yeah. D- Detective Comics has been fantastic the whole way through. My qualification for this was um, a book that had to have released an issue in 2015 and 2017. That's how I qualified an ongoing series. That, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. and so Detective Comics definitely nails that. They they didn't start in 2015. Did no, they? they started back in the 40s. I thought they weren't <laughs> running for several years. No, they were always part of a uh, oh, new 52. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so moving on to best new series. 
Uh, I went with Rick Remender's Seven to Eternity. Yeah, that's what I wrote down too. Yeah, it's it's a great book. And if you were lucky enough to jump on right in the beginning, uh, your first issues now sell for a hundred bucks if yeah. you have them just bagged and boarded. And if they're in great cop, <laughs> great condition, maybe even more. Yeah. Uh, really? I saw really? a 9.8 went for nearly $300 Jesus. on eBay. And that's common. It's not like one weird bidding war result. Yeah. It's what a, What caused that? Just uh, as someone who, like, um, I didn't, I, I never came across this. A, a super popular and super good book that didn't have a lot of high hopes. So they made a really short first run. And as far as I know, that first issue was off the shelves of two of my three comic books, like, by the time the store opened, people had called in hearing buzz about it and added it to their list. But after the store had already put in their orders. So it's kind of one of those things that just got last minute buzz and hype and sold out the day that it came out. And uh, yeah, the only reason I picked it up was I was on IGN of all places and mm-hmm. they every now and then do like their books to buy this week. Mm-hmm. And the end of it was like, oh, and Rick Remender is doing uh, this new book called Seven to Eternity. We don't know anything about it. But I can tell you this much. It's Rick Remender. It's probably going to be fantastic. So right. pick it up. And I was like, eh, why not? That may have been part of the bump. Just the reviews of like, hey, by the way, Rick Remender is doing this uh, sci-fi book. And like, there wasn't a lot of buzz about it two months in advance when they no. ordered their copies. So yeah. they printed a really small first run. But uh, big thanks to Blastoff Comics uh, yeah. for always <laughs> having this stuff in stock. Because, yeah, they, they read the signs. They picked it up. And I know that's where I got yep. mine. Did, is that where you got yours? It is. Yeah. You yeah. recommended it to me. And I that was the last place that had a first issue. Yeah, so good. Um. Okay, so best comic book art. Did you have one for this, John? I did not. <laughs> I'm going to go with John says DC Comics, DC Rebirth. Uh, <laughs> I can thanks, agree. John, I, I agree. Yeah, I can uh, agree with that. Yeah. That was not my list, though. Did you have one, Ryan, that you wanted to go with? Yeah. Um, I have a couple. There's a couple books that I've heard really good things about the artwork. Um, I love Seven to Eternity, but I wanted to talk about something different. The, of That's the why I didn't put it in mine either. Yeah. Of the things I'm reading, um, I really enjoyed, uh, am enjoying jim chung's clone conspiracy i've always loved his art styles and uh for him to be drawing my favorite character spider-man is just really fun and his new take on the jackal's great and you know it's just overall good but uh first place goes to robbie rodriguez for spider gwen ongoing i you know his artwork and his design of her costume is the thing that got me into it to begin with and it's just like it's a sweet costume it's a little unconventional his uh colors bleed out of the lines a lot and he does a lot of like blending into backgrounds it's just really really cool artwork especially his covers um i've not read that i've heard it's good mm-hmm. um mine i went for it's kind of a tie between the two i went one for my dc books of course uh, which is believe it or not detective comics um, oh, cool. for Eber Ferreira and Eddie Barrows. And the main reason why I put that one on my list is because of the way they draw uh, Clayface. And it's just yeah. so Their awesome. Clayface was really good. Yeah. Um, Clayface is a cool character. I, I, I like him, and, and I just don't see him done well enough. If you uh, if you want to pick up a good book, I'd recommend Detective Comics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the way that the, what they've done with his character in that book is just, it's a ton of fun. And cool. He, he's really, really cool, and he's trying to be a good guy. And to do the best he can but he's so used to just punching people in the face and it's this kind of weird fun back and forth of uh there's one moment i don't want to spoil too much but there's one moment in one of the books where he uh morphs into batman and he has to be batman for a second and he just he fails miserably <laughs> and it's so funny he's like, uh go hide do the uh screw it and he turns into clay face like get out of here <laughs> it's pretty awesome nice. uh the other one I got to go for is uh, Jeff Lemire's art in After Death, the uh, book by Image, with mm. uh, written by Scott Snyder, and it's only three issues. The third one's supposed to come out, I think, this week. Yeah. Um, 
fucking phenomenal art series everything about it if you haven't read it i highly recommend it i gotta give a shout out i know best publisher wasn't on our list um and you'd probably give it to dc because they're doing a fantastic job with rebirth but image is really nailing it they've got at least five or six like a plus ongoing series right now it'd be i can't say that about dc or marvel right now It'd be a dead heat for DC and uh, Image for me because mm-hmm. Image has some amazing books. But really, it, it would never be DC usually, even though I'm a fanboy, because usually the books are yeah the ones that are good are very good, and the ones that aren't are like <laughs> I read them because they're funny. Right. Uh, this year, no, they've done a great job reestablishing their brand, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so best book overall. My opinion was swayed by Koi, actually. I oh, yeah. I was gonna say it's probably Saga, even though I'm not caught up to 2016. Right. But. Uh, I'm going to say Spider-Man Deadpool. I got to agree with him. It's been really fantastic. And uh, people are getting pretty tired of the current writer on The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. He's been at it for like 10 years now or something. Too long. Yeah. Yeah. Six years maybe realistically. But uh, 10, six. The better part Uh, of a decade. Yeah. 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 Um, So I like to go to Spider-Man Deadpool for my fun Peter Parker. Nice. Um, mine is, uh, you can probably guess it, uh, Detective Comics. Um, (laughs) But I say Detective Comics pre-rebirth. Uh, uh, no, post-rebirth, and then Batman pre-rebirth. Right. So the tail end of Scott Snyder's series mm-hmm. was phenomenal, and that phenomenal. ended in the beginning of the mm-hmm. this year. Like the end of the Bloom series, all the way up to his last issue, which was number 51. Oh, that was such a good issue. It's such a, yeah. uh, just an amazing issue of Batman. So if you, uh, if you were never able to read all of the Scott Snyder stuff, I'm sure there'll be an omnibus at some point of just all... Capullo, Snyder, yeah. Batman, and then I'd pick that up. If you haven't read it, it's like it deserves a spot on your bookshelf because it's so amazing. Well, yeah. that's why when I see his name on anything, I'm just like, I want to read this. It's the only reason I picked up After Death. Yeah. I saw Scott Snyder and Lemire. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll pick that up. Yeah, I didn't even realize that was a thing because I've been out of out of it. Yeah. So I want to, let's just because I love talking about comic books, I'm going to throw in a new category last minute, see if you sure. have something Go for it. this. Old series that you just picked up in 2016. Ooh, uh, yes, I actually have one. Fuck, what was it? Um, I'll go first. For mine, it's it's got to be either. I mean, Saga I've talked about, but um, Southern Bastards by Jason Aaron is so, so good. good. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Lock and Key I just started reading too, which is also amazing. Um, mine would have been, uh, I read Final Crisis this year. The old uh, Grant Morrison, not old, but right. older Grant Morrison, big DC event like the more i've gotten money and been able to buy all the dc books i want to read i finally felt like all right i can dive back into this i can give this another shot and i loved the hell out of it it was so so good sounds good i wish uh, dc would get on their like subscription service app like marvel does because i really really want to read all of batman and robin by uh oh man that was some good i have the first volume and i want to keep going yeah the 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 single issues are fine it's when you get to the big events written by grant morrison and it's a lot of like (laughs) i see yeah um i have the the multiversity over there and i i'm i want to jump into it to see how all the bunny superheroes come into it but it sounds pretty (laughs) awesome um so the the two things that i did not read for chewy's uh which was best book overall and best comic book art were a tie for uh, pretty deadly okay which she is a huge fan of i i haven't caught up with any of it but she keeps telling me to and she says it's absolutely fantastic and i i I don't doubt that i just haven't read it yet i'm sorry nice uh so moving on to tv uh tv we have uh the chicks who script who uh were kind enough to record something for us uh, and we're going to take a listen to that right now. This is Chicks Who Script. Um, my name is Maggie Levin. I'm Lauren Shacker. I'm Emily Blake. And we are going to talk real quick about uh, the year in television, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Do we need to talk about like 
how it was for for the ladies. I think so. Yeah, I think that's probably our angle. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Like, how many... Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I started watching TV in 2016. Good so job. Good, yes, good job. What did you watch? Uh, oh, my God. We watched so many things, because we watched a lot of Netflix shows, right, yeah. that we just inhaled, that I've probably even forgotten came out this year, like Jessica Stranger Jones, Things, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. Um, what other great Netflix shows came out? There Luke were, Cage. We watched Luke Cage... Wasn't I didn't love it as much as I love Jessica Jones. I watched mm-hmm. the second season of what? Daredevil, probably. We did watch all of Daredevil. Yeah. Um Jeez, what else? Yeah. But we also watched like Pitch. Oh my god. Pitch is so great! Is everyone watching Pitch? If not, you should if be you watching Pitch. If you haven't watched it, go back and rewatch all of it because it's great. It's fucking revolutionary. I like Pitch. You have oh you tried God, it? You no, you gotta so watch good. it. My friend Jeff is Torres on is on it. Je- yes. Jason Holtham. Um, I mean, not um, shit. Oh yeah, uh, our guest from before. Oh, he writes on that yeah. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Is a, mm, incredible and like revolutionary. I'm telling you, Pitch is revolutionary, guys. Yeah, we need to watch Pitch. Um, what I watched the hell out of Brain Dead, which people do. I love Brain Dead. Yeah, Nico just started watching oh, the it's show. Fantastic. It's very, it's odd, yeah. but in a way that I deeply love. Um, and then, uh, I'm trying to think what else really, like, I mean, Mr. Robot had a second season, which was great. Um, I did not love Mr. Robot's second season. I, I was obsessed with, with season, season one. <laughs> yeah. And then season two, I was just like, this is a really pensive, the show has become super pensive. Yeah. Mm. It, it's very... It's very like, look how artsy we are, and it, which it, was like kind of part of the charm of the first season. But I felt like the art meld just it felt more part of the storytelling. Whereas the second yeah. season, it felt more like we're just being artsy, yay! And sometimes it worked, <laughs> and sometimes it felt a little too insistent. Yeah, no, uh, that's fair. Um, I think I, I, I watched some odd stuff this tell year, me. guys. I don't, I don't know. At the end of the year, I binged all of this series called Versailles. Um, oh yeah, I remember you like, saying that. Yeah, it's on Ovation, oh. I think. It's all on huh. Netflix right now, and it's all about the Sun King um, and the creation of uh, of Versailles. Um, I watched a lot of like guilty pleasure type mm, stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was like most years. I'm like, ah, have you ever seen this show? And I'm having way more of that happen right now. now. Yeah. Have you seen Catastrophe? No. Yeah. I heard things. So good. Karen um, Horgan, Hogan, yeah. who I didn't realize was such like a writer producer. I've only ever seen her as an actor, but she's written all these incredible. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Uh, no, last year was the year that I found Outlander. Oh, oh. Outlander, so good. Outlander is so feminist. Television's gift to women. <laughs> I know I that. It, I know that the showrunner is is male. Um, and one of the, okay. the, there are, there are women in that writer's room. It's, okay. it's a very small room. Um, it, it is, it's a show that is so for the female gaze. Mm-hmm. It's glorious. It's mm-hmm. like, it's the equivalent of, it's very different than Magic Mike 2, um, or XXL. Yeah. But it's the same yeah. feels like yeah. everything that happens on that show for just one Quick and uh, lurid example: the first sex act that occurs on that show is uh, a woman getting head. That's the first any kind of sex that happens, and 
and it's very consensual and the and you know they they contend with because it takes place a long time ago they yeah. contend with rape situations but they did there rape from, from very, male rape as well it they, wasn't just women being victimized very graphic man on man rape that's a yeah. little bit hard to deal with yeah. at the end of the first season but the show is is remarkable and mm-hmm. uh, and so well done um, and beautiful and it's on stars cool. where all, where they also have Ash versus Evil Dead, which is also great. I believe that's where they have Black Sails, which is mm-hmm. also got I a have, lot of badass bitches on that show. I have not watched Black Sails. I that. love it. Um, I also love uh, two shows this year that uh, are awesome, and I cannot stop talking about The Expanse. Um, I've mentioned it several times on this show. I yeah. fucking love The Expanse because it is sci-fi. It's science fiction. It's people. It's like this little band of people who happen to find themselves in the middle of all these things between Earth, Mars, and the outer planet, and the, the belters. And... Uh, but it's it's based in real science. It's, yeah. If if space travel was a real thing, it's run by Naren Shankar, who ran CSI and has an mm. engineering degree. So they're all yeah. very based in real science. And but that doesn't stop it from being. It's based on these amazing books, which I'm obsessed with. And it has a really diverse cast because the future is gonna be diverse. Like we're yeah, all gonna, yeah. if we go out into space, we're all gonna mix together. So like um, that and my other favorite show, Preacher. Uh, which was amazing this year. Um, they both have two just really kick-ass black female leads, yeah, and um, and they're both awesome. And uh, yeah, I love Preacher because of its bananas nature and yeah. the fight scene that the way you pull back through a hole in the wall is one of the greatest fight scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it is it is hilarious. It is graphic. It is violent. It is just all these things at once that just work so well. So for me, this this year was Preacher and The Expanse, and I can't stop talking about either of those shows. That's awesome. I'm obsessed with. Expanse. Yes. Yeah. And we probably should end at least say mentioning the I feel like the, the two big television events for this year were, were very much Stranger Things, that was mm-hmm. what everybody was talking about. Mm-hmm. And it is I mean I don't I haven't met anybody that didn't care for it. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's very like referential to all of these movies that we've grown up with yeah. loving, right? Which is great. That's yeah. fine. It does it it's in a respectful, interesting way. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. the and then the other thing that the the most zeitgeisty thing would be uh, Westworld, mm, um, yeah, Westworld. which I have mixed feelings about. Um, I started out feeling like very, oh, this is so cool! Like what an amazing mystery they've set up, and then I just think it sort of like folded mm. in on itself. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it another season because Lisa Joy Nolan is no, one of my. Great favorite writers yeah. on the planet. I, I do wish mm-hmm. they, they play a lot with the idea of cowboys and Indians. Yeah. So far we have not seen any Native American characters other than be like a character. Yeah, be an actual character. Right. They're yeah. just background. Yeah. And oh, sometimes not very positively portrayed background. Yeah. Well I'm interested if they're going to move into these other worlds that yeah. they hinted at and all of this other stuff. So we shall see. And you know there's a lot of argument to be to be had incessantly about whether or not that show is is doing its job in terms of the in terms of the Women. feminist mm-hmm. cause mm-hmm. uh you know the <laughs> the note I definitely didn't love the notion at the end that like even the even the awakening of all of these sort of powerful female yeah. characters was ultimately Planned. incepted by yeah. a dude yeah didn't love it yeah <laughs> i only watched a couple I did not watch the season. Yeah, no. but Thanny Newton kills bit. it. Oh I yeah, mean, but oh, she's yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, and and uh, Evan Rachel Wood yeah. is amazing, awesome. and also wore a really bitchin' tux to the Golden Globes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Um, all right, guys, 
that was our recap of 2016 if television. If you like, if you like how we sound, you can catch us at, at CWS Podcast on Twitter or chickswhoscript.com. Yay! Woo-hoo! Bye. Bye. That was great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, they did a great job. They did you. such a good job. And I'm here's really glad we got them on. Is like I'm just taking notes at this point. Like, what do I need to be watching? Yeah, <laughs> because I didn't watch any TV, hardly any. Uh, I did. Um, I did too. I have answers for this one. I have one. I have, I have one answer for one category. In oh this. come on! Uh, again, I, I kept this down really low. But John, go first. What is your number one thing? Uh, well, I, I don't have a. I mean, the only show I saw, I, I saw two shows uh, that I would qualify as two shows in 2016 is uh, Stranger Things and Game of Thrones. Those okay. are shows, yeah. And yeah, those Game of Thrones television. is better than Stranger Things. Okay, so <laughs> okay. Game of Thrones. So won. Game of Thrones has to be the the, the best, default, the best okay. one. So on Game okay. of Thrones, who was your best actor and actress? Uh, Ooh, Lena Headey is really good. Yeah, too. Oh yeah, Lena Headey. Lena Headey and. I mean, I guess Dinklage. I gave him nothing, and he still uh, made it work. Yep, it's true. Yeah, so. he's good. Um, okay, so for my best actress of the year, I, I have to go with Rachel Bloom for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Ah, um, I, that's another show that, that you keep talking about, and I have yeah. not seen. It, if I hadn't seen only four episodes recently, not yeah. from this year, yeah. I would have actually put that on my list. It's it's fantastic. Um, I only watched a few shows this year, uh, one of them being Westworld, so I picked Evan Rachel Wood, who plays okay. Dolores, and she uh, is just... So good at that, like, she fits right into that um, melodramatic Western character. Yeah. And she pulls it off. And then to, to like, go blank-faced. And I'm really impressed with all of the people playing the androids or whatever on, on that show. The way that they can, like, go blank for the, the robot moments. The, I forget his name, but the, the guy in that show, I think, is one who was who blew me out of the water. Um, Which guy? What does he play? Um, Anthony Hopkins' right-hand man. Bernard, oh, yeah, yeah. Ber- yeah. The guy who plays Bernard. I yeah. can't remember his name, but yeah. that's what Josh was saying about that too. That's yeah. his favorite actor. On yeah. that show. So good. Yeah. He, um, he did not make my best actor of the year list, Me which neither. was uh, I can't pronounce this poor guy's name. I'm sorry. Uh, it's Maher Sharala Ali. <laughs> sure. I'm very sorry. I should have looked up before him. But from Luke Cage, where he played uh, Cottonmouth. Oh yeah, he was. Oh, really he good. was so. He's my favorite actor of the year, just in general, mm-hmm. for both that Moonlight, Hidden Figures. Like mm-hmm. he had a great year, and he is phenomenal and a completely different character in each and every one of these things oh an actor yeah but like we have a lot of those actors who it's still like oh i'm gonna watch this guy be that character yeah. whereas this guy completely dissolves in each and every one of his roles and yeah. he's amazing and he's the main reason i watched the entirety of luke cage even though he leaves the show about halfway through yeah. i won't say how or why but halfway through when he's no longer a thing it really is not as good as the first half where he is a thing fair enough um i went with um jeffrey dean morgan who's one of those guys Ooh, like yeah. oh yeah he is always kind of the character he is, as far as I have seen so far. Um, he's kind of got that high charisma, but he plays Negan on The Walking Dead. And by all accounts, we should absolutely hate Negan to the core, but I can't stop watching Walking Dead because Jeffrey Dean Morgan is just so goddamn charismatic. I mean, that's the same way for the books. It's like, this guy is fucking horrible, but I love this character. Um, best episode of a TV show. John, you should be able to answer this one, <laughs> given what you watched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the finale to Game of Thrones. Really, the finale. <laughs> yep. It's mainly it's mainly the blowing up of the Citadel. Yeah, so yeah. crazy. It was such an or, yeah. like, it was such a non Game of Thrones moment in terms of its how it was directed, how yeah. it was all built. Like the the series oh, it felt so Game of Thrones to me. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, like it felt so well done compared to the rest of the season. Okay. I didn't care for a lot of the lead up between season five and six up to the mm-hmm. end, but this end is like I was able to go back and appreciate 
the buildup in season six because of this ending. Okay. Because it was like, it put the pieces in place. And after the end of this finale, it's like, there's not much more left of this show. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're now finally like, oh, we've, we've gotten through our filler. We've gotten through a couple of years of filler. And now we're just going to end this thing. Yeah. I, I still, I wouldn't go with that episode. I'd dial it back one and go to Battle of the Bastards, which is one of the most well-directed uh, yeah. things of that TV history. Yeah. It is one of the most amazing like episodes of anything. Like It was just... Yeah. The fact that they actually made you believe that Jon Snow was about to die, yeah. like uh-huh. they nailed it of like, we just got him back. You can't yeah. kill him again. It's like, right. no, he's definitely going to die right now. Yeah. If best scene was on there, that, that one scene would be the For me, that whole top, episode but... is flawless beginning to end. It's like, it's such a great build up to the battle and then the battle is so good and then you have the death of Rickon and like all of it yeah. was just like, Oh, exactly. Serpentine, serpentine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was so much in that episode that I can go back and watch that yeah. one episode from the season and still get total enjoyment from it. Yeah, it, it's it's a hard one to kind of separate the two episodes because back to back it was just like one two punch. Yeah, and it's totally. like wow, I was not expecting this from this season. Yeah, and it's uh, like Ryan was that was either one of those yours or do you have a different? Best? No, I have a different. That was your official pick, the Battle of the Bastards. Battle yeah. of the Bastards, yeah. Um, and that was also Chewie's. I haven't been reading hers. I'll, oh. I'll get I'll get to her other two in a second. Do you want to fill in the ones that we've... Oh, sure. Her best actress was Lena Headley. Yeah. Uh, and her reason was her stank face is only rivaled by her regret face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then true. She, and then she said uh, best actor was Mark Hamill as the trickster because oh, yes. Of course. And that was a solid <laughs> choice. He was so good on I The forgot. Flash. Yeah. That was really good. Uh, and then her um, best was Battle of the Bastards. Oh, for, tension. For my episode, I actually picked uh, the first of Stranger Things. Uh, Battle of the Bastards that was, was awesome. probably a better constructed piece of television but but that the uh, first episode of stranger things nobody would watch the rest of it that's right because <laughs> uh, it really is not as good as the first nope. episode <laughs> the introduction of 11 and the kids playing dungeons and dragons and the demigorgon and uh just the soundtrack i loved yeah the the first episode so that's kind of what i felt about westworld though too the first episode's so great and the rest of it's good i see it's just not as good as that the kickoff um, which is weird because it used to be the other way around in TV. It's like yeah. you have to get through the pilot and then you can enjoy the show. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what Game of Thrones actually did. It's like yeah. you kind of have to get through the first most season. Of, <laughs> first, like the first of the season. Yeah. And yeah. then when you get to these last two episodes, it was a different show. It was a good one. <laughs> uh, so best show overall. Uh, I'll read Chewie's first. Uh, she went with Sleepy Hollow. Uh, diverse cast, witty writing, and they yeah. had the, the balls to kill a main character. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch the show. She's been telling me to from the beginning. I've always heard very. Oh, good interesting. I, I stopped at at a certain point because yeah, I got sh- I got kind of tired of certain things that they were doing. Uh, apparently, the shakeup <clears throat> in 2016 made the show very good again. So oh, cool. If you gave up, it's a good time. Worth to, to come back. back? Okay, yeah, cool. it's definitely worth to come back. From what I hear, uh, mine was Crazy Ex Girlfriend because it was the first show in a very long time that made me go, I need all of this in my life. I've got a blast from the past from early 2016. Better call Saul. Okay, yeah. Yeah, still living up to the, the Breaking Bad <laughs> hype. That uh, th- that was probably one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould back at it with Better Call Saul. Bob Odenkirk uh, plays just the, the best shitty lawyer I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> I still haven't watched a single episode. I know I should because I was obsessed with Breaking Bad. My I had such a huge fear that I'm like, oh, what are they going to do with Saul Goodman? It's like going to be this campy crap about him and who cares but right that they nailed it yeah i'll i'll give it a shot i have a feeling at some point but who knows when 
Uh, okay, so on to the the last part of today. Um, well, we do have one final goodbye question, but the last major part of today, which is movies. And for movies, we have the uh, the lovely people over at Front Row Movie Podcast who recorded something for us. Oh, those guys. Oh, those guys. Craig Poo. Um, so here we go. Hello, all you After the Hype fans. This is Craig and Jeremy from the Front Row Movie Reviews podcast, what the up? podcast for people who actually like movies. Damn and right. we would like to say a big thank you to all the crew over at After the Hype, Brian, Chewy, Ryan, and Jonathan, for asking us to record a quick snippet about the 2016 uh, movies that we really dug. A <laughs> um, couple of disclaimers. First... We know that this was a good year for movies, so <laughs> it's going to be tough to talk about all of them, especially since Brian gave us a five to ten minute time limit. We're going to try <laughs> Thanks, our man. damnedest to keep to that five to ten minutes. Um, and then our second disclaimer is also that uh, we live here in the Midwest, and sometimes <laughs> it takes a while for you Hollywood types to get us our movies. Yeah, so send us uh, our screeners faster. We have not uh, quite seen necessarily all of the Oscar movies out there. But this is just our opinions for some of the best movies that happened in 2016. We're going to do our top threes, and I think we only have one repeat on both of our That's lists. True. So we're so. going to start with our uh, number third, the number three movie. Uh, I'll go to Jeremy first. Yeah. So we, you know, top three, but we cheated, obviously, both of us, because as he said, it was a ridiculous year for quality of movies. So, um, and these aren't necessarily what we think are Oscar, like, going to win the Oscars or anything. These are our favorite movies of the year. So number three, uh, lots I have of Yes. On the <laughs> uh, I had a tie for number three, as did you, because <laughs> we got we got to cheat. So um, my number three tie, uh, the first one is uh, Don't Breathe. Now, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, it came out in the summer, so you really got no excuse. But this is one of the best examples of uh, suspenseful filmmaking that I've ever seen. It's labeled as a horror film, but it really kind of isn't. It's really just kind of more of a suspense thriller with a lot of horrific elements in it. But it's led by an amazing and I think Oscar-worthy performance from Stephen Lang as uh, the the main villain. But the director, Fetty Alvarez, just went so far to make an amazing film with a lot of suspense. You will be on the edge of your seat the whole time, and the, and the surprises that come are very well earned. Uh, my other number three is Mel Gibson's Hacksaw Ridge. Now, I know that there's a lot of controversy that always surrounds Mel Gibson now at this point in his career, um, but I've always maintained that through it all, he is one of the best filmmakers in Hollywood, and he has been for a long time. And this movie really kind of announced his reemergence in that realm. Uh, this is action and war filmmaking at literally its best I've seen since Saving Private Ryan. The action scenes are so bloody and intense and, and really shocking, but the lead performance by Andrew Garfield, he will get nominated for an Oscar for it. I don't know if he'll win, but it is an amazing, amazing performance that is happening here. And the movie just works on so many levels as an allegory, as, um, as a war film. It, it's just really, really great. So those my two for number three. All right, so my two for number three, I guess maybe one's an honorable mention. Right. I don't know. Uh, I love Sing Street. I love yes. it. Uh, you know, coming from a, a guy that loves once and loves musicals and loves ensemble movies, Sing Street is fantastic. And I know that uh, after the hype has an episode about it, so go back and check out 
there yeah. episode. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. Actually, a lot of these movies are already making their way to Netflix a lot sooner than maybe they had in the past. But Sing Street is my first um, number three. And then <laughs> my my second number three is actually, it's, it's a master class in acting. Uh, I got to see Fences recently with Denzel Washington, directed by Denzel Washington and starring Viola Davis as well. And, and just the way that they adapted August Wilson's play into a movie with a very limited set uh, and, you know, just the amount of character and uh, everything that went into that movie is just absolutely beautiful. And they really just t- took it from the stage where they both were doing the performances, uh, both Tony winning performances yeah, and Fences him and Viola. Uh, a couple of years ago and adapted to the screen perfectly. Um, and especially in this time, in this day and age with what we've got going on in our country uh, to talk a little bit about more about black culture and to see some of the struggles um, that, that were faced in this in this inner city Pittsburgh area, um, just really interesting story of family and kind of a story of redemption as well. Uh, and I, I absolutely loved Fences. So that was my those are my two number threes: Sing Street and and Fences. just real quick, if you have not seen Sing Street, see this movie. I mean. It's a musical, sure, but it's just an amazing film. And the music is wonderful. The soundtrack's amazing. It, it is such an infectiously awesome movie. Like, you, you will fall in love with this film. We are at five minutes, and we've got a lot of movies to talk about. <laughs> Our number two, though, we've got Both a joint we, number two. We, I have a joint number two. So, uh, we loved and we will continue to love forever Captain America Civil what? War. Jeremy, what uh, what more to say about this movie? I mean, you take all the characters that we've already known, and you know, you kind of give us a preview to Infinity War. You put all of these people in the same film, and it somehow works. I mean, like the, the all of them get the enough screen time to make an impression and to make us remember why we love these characters. And then you also have one of the best action sequences ever put on film with the airport fight scene. Um, the fact that this film works at all, but it's the it's the raw emotional intrigue between. Tony Stark and Steve Rogers that really works in this movie and it makes it I think definitely one of the top three if not the top comic book movie of all time yeah I mean the the Russos did such a fantastic job with this film um, such a great follow-up it, it was a great end to the the Captain America trilogy because yes it does involve all this ensemble cast but I still do feel it in my heart that this is a Captain America movie and I, I get that I'm a Captain America fanboy <laughs> as well um, but there's so much to be said about this movie we actually did a big full disclosure about this yeah. uh, mm-hmm. way back when it came out in May um, I do not want to disparage any other films uh, in 2016, but it was awesome to see a collection of superheroes work in a movie. Uh, yeah. And um, I I can't wait to see what we've got coming it, forward from us. It just brought it to a dramatic high. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. like it, we, we've had great drama moments in the MCU, but like this one works so well because we love these two characters so much. And then the action and the rest of the side characters in this movie, at least, like just totally work. Everything in this movie works. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and thanks to the Disney deal with Netflix, it is on Netflix already. So go Woo! check out Captain America Civil War. Watch that airport scene. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, uh, when you brush your teeth at night, uh, it's the best thing in the, in, It'll the, get you going. in the history of ever. I am going to go first with my number one pick uh, because I haven't seen Jeremy's number one pick. And I think that it's going to be high on my list after I get to see it finally mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. Uh, my number one is actually a Disney movie. Uh, for those of you that don't know our podcast, I'm kind of the Disney guy on our podcast. 
uh, really enjoy everything they put out. I loved John Favreau's The Jungle Book, and I know that some people over at After the Hype, uh, Brian, uh, <laughs> maybe didn't quite think it was the visual masterpiece that I do. Calling but it about. I, I really do uh, enjoy this movie. I think it shows a lot about the future of film um, and how everything was so built uh, and so lifelike on a soundstage. Uh, I, I usually like the practical effects, practical movies, but this was uh, something that I will uh, forever ever enjoy and also available on Netflix to go check out yeah. but just an amazing movie John Favreau did such a great job of uh, not only introducing us to Iron Man but also uh, <laughs> now to Mowgli and I can't wait to see what he's going to do in the future with, with Lion King. King and I get that this is a kind of an untraditional uh, pick for my favorite movie but but hell it's my opinion so get over it yeah that's right um it, it is great it came out in what april yeah it came out in like, april so a long and... time back but i think it's got a lot of technical oscars coming to it um come february uh my pick for the top film of the year and it's a it's a popular one right now after the golden globes but it's uh, la la land and i'm telling you right now um you we are musical freaks here at, at the front row. Most of us are. We do musicals. We love musicals. Um, this is a film, though, that does not need that requirement because it, it's it's just an infectious love story. And it's it harkens back to the musicals of old, like Singing in the Rain and The Bandwagon and American in Paris, all the great ones of all time. But it sucks you in with the performances. I don't know... If there's been a better modern film chemistry than there is between Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone in this movie. And, you know, nothing they do in the movie, at least I, the one, Emma Stone I think is way more uh, impressive in this movie. But, you know, Gosling has a nice quiet determinism in him, but the songs in this movie are great. The opening sequence alone, it's all one shot on a freeway and everybody's dancing out of their cars in a traffic jam. And that sounds weird, but it is literally leaves you with the biggest grin on your face and you cannot help it. This is going to win so many Oscars and deservedly so. The director, Damien Chazelle, and the writer, he deserves a lot of credit here. This is a musical masterpiece and it's going to go down in history as one. I can't wait to see it uh, and so that's kind of our wrap up uh, we're going to do some quick plugs because Jeremy took forever to talk about La La Land What? so uh, <laughs> you can find us at thefrontrowmoviereviews.com we also host shows, uh, classics we talk, dive into film classics and uh, with our film historian Brandon Davis, <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Beyond the Mouse which is my Disney podcast, we do full disclosures of new movies, we talk about flashbacks of films of the 80s and 90s hosted mm -hmm. by my brother other Scott. Uh, we also have uh, what other shows do we have? Oh, we've got we got other ones got, out there. We got dishes uh, where we talk about uh, you know our favorite like movies. favorite movies of all time. That just, that's not the regular crew. Um, you know we have front row news to get you caught up on everything that's happening. And of course we do video reviews. We do everything over at the front row. We try to get you everything you need to know. Absolutely. So go check us out at thefrontrowmoviereviews.com. Again, thank you to Brian and the rest of the crew over at After the Hype. Keep up the good work. It's phenomenal stuff that you're doing. Uh, I can't believe some of the guests that you've gotten and uh just just keep rocking on dude that's right and uh, i hope that everyone else has a wonderful day and we will see you in the front row bye okay thank you very much to craig and jeremy from front row uh and to everybody else who's always on your shows you guys always have a uh, fun stuff thank you for insulting me because of my distaste for jungle book um <laughs> i didn't hate i just didn't really like it that much i want to insult them for their taste of civil war yeah, oh my god i could do an entire the rest of this thing we could just skip all of our picks and go while you're wrong about civil war how do you talk about civil war not deadpool like there was one great comic book movie this year and then one eh, and like they and went for the five ah. uh, 
Well, there was also the masterpiece of cinema that was Batman vs Superman, but you know we can talk about that later. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Let's, it actually made my list. <laughs> it's on mine too. Um, it made one of the things on my list, and you'll probably know what it is. Uh, okay, so we're gonna go through our list here. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna start with Chewy, uh, and we're going from the bottom of our list to the top for the people around the table. Uh, so we're gonna start with best special effects, and Chewy went with Rogue One. I went with Fantastic Beasts. <gasps> me too. Um, uh, wait, 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 That didn't sound like me. Uh, I went with Rogue One, Chewie went with Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> I was like, oh. wait, what? Oh. Why did I pick Fantastic Beasts? I didn't really? really? <laughs> oh, I picked Fantastic Beasts. Uh, Chewie picks Fantastic Beasts because she wants to cuddle with all the animals. I don't want to cuddle. I just want to look at them through 3D goggles. It was a unbelievably well-designed film. Like, yeah. The beasts look great. They look exactly like I want them to look like when they talk about in the books. Yeah. The Niffler was awesome. Yep. Like, so good. John? So out of the th- out of the movies I saw, I didn't see the ones you mentioned, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, so I'm going to use Warcraft because of the non-human elements. They were okay. so good, and you uh, didn't pick Rogue One for the non-human elements, <laughs> <laughs> like Tarkin and, and yeah, and Le- Tarkin and Leia. It was weird. <laughs> and that was ha- I think that's why I put it on Rogue One. I did this all yesterday while I was watching other movies, so yeah. I don't really remember my reasoning behind oh, it. But I know right, I like yeah. the special effects in Rogue One. Yeah, no, Rogue One was fine, but like. <laughs> There was a there was a couple moments where I was like I had to get into the like I had to suspend my disbelief again yeah. I had to like go back and re you know resuspend it <laughs> so go back into the BIOS and resuspend my disbelief right and <laughs> so that, start in safe mode it's a matter of degrees I had, I had to do that twice for Rogue One and maybe only once for uh, Warcraft fair but enough but like fair the enough. things that weren't human elements in Warcraft were unrivaled I felt okay cool uh, I want to throw in something here that yep. is not uh, digital special effects but practical special effects ooh uh, green room. Yeah, I agree. Oh my god, they were so good. I I think I'd probably go Green Room as well. Yeah. The, the effects in that movie are fantastic. Okay, so yeah. then uh we're gonna go with best costumes. Uh mm. Chewie went Batman vs Superman, hashtag dat batass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh I I gave the guy a shout out. It's Michael Wilkinson from Batman vs Superman, but I kept the same thing because I I love and I'll explain it really really quickly. Marvel does a great job of making realistic looking superheroes. They yeah. take these comic book things and shift them into a real world, and it looks great. Yep, I'm not saying it doesn't. Um, Michael Wilkinson took the DC comic book heroes and they went, we want them to look like DC comic book heroes, and stuck to it. So you have them looking like the comics and. That's what I wanted to see, and I really loved seeing it. Fair enough. Um, I went with uh, Rogue One for the same reasons, because it looked like Star Wars. It really does look like Star Wars. I loved... I don't know how intentional it was, but they gave uh, Captain... um, What's his name? Andian? I already forgot. Literally the main character, Diego Luna. But they gave him a coat that, that looks exactly like... What people thought Han Solo's coat looked like in yeah. The Empire Strikes Back because oh, yeah. there was toys that came out with that mispainted blue. Cassian Andor. <laughs> Cassian Andor. That's yeah, his there name. Yeah, I still Andian got it. Castor. <laughs> <laughs> Calrissian. And, uh, so yeah, he's got the the Easter egg Han Solo jacket on. I mean, Felicity Jones was great. Um, the way they dealt with the new like Jedi types was fun. Yeah, and the guy had like some new hybrid version of Mandalorian armor. They made new uh, stormtroopers that looked cool. All of it. Yeah, can't argue with any of that. John, do you have a best costume? Uh, the nice guys, actually. Yeah, that the one, out of the movies I saw, I really liked how they captured the time period. The you? only reason why nice guys didn't make my list was when we did our episode. The girl did such a good job discrediting the costumes. Yeah, uh, it was kind of like oh. I really like these. And she's like, I did too, but they just stuck too close to their palettes and they didn't really go too far with it. It's like, oh. I really like those palettes. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Uh, okay, so moving up the list, we're going to go into best screenplay. Best screenplay. Who wants to go first? Did, it, did you skip sound? You come in. Oh, I did skip sound. Let's go with best sound. I went with Doctor Strange for that one. I loved. I was curious to see how they were going to bring the mystical, magical elements to the Marvel universe. Yes, yeah. and they did a great job in Doctor Strange. Yeah, absolutely. I went with the Arrival. Oh yeah, so much. Choice. Yeah, it's just so much based on sound and language and everything yep. that it felt like the the best option for me. Chewy uh, went with the Witch, and I can't really argue with that one either. That's oh, a good no, one. not at all. I went with uh, Hush. Hush. It deals with a, a deaf protagonist, oh, and it, it plays with the sound. And I mean, is that still streaming? I feel like it was on Netflix for a long it time, maybe. or maybe Hulu. It was on. It was on Netflix. That's where I saw it. Okay. It might. It might not still be. I don't know. But I really enjoyed the movie and its use of its playfulness with sound in the horror genre. It was fun. Fair enough. Uh, okay, so now back to best screenplay. I went with Eric Cassier for The Arrival because nice. the entire movie is about language, so you'd have to have a pretty solid screenplay. Fair enough. I went with um, Taylor Sheridan for Hell or High Water. That's a very solid screenplay. Yeah. Um, I have all the names from here on out. I didn't look up the sound guy. Uh, best yeah, I, I should have most Sorry. of them. I kind of missed on them. Chewy did hers really quick, so she doesn't have any of them. Um, uh, she did went with Green Room, though. It's another solid screenplay. Absolutely. A lot of fun. Yeah, nice. I, I had that in first and erased it for yeah. Hell or High Water. Nice guys for me. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's up my alley screen screenplay wise. Yeah. So the next one we did is cinematography, cinematography right? Cinematography. Yeah. Cinematography. Uh, Ryan, who'd you, who'd you have for cinematography? Uh, this is the uh, I have a three for here. Um, Hell or oh. high water again. Yep. Kyle's Nutkin. 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 I don't know. Uh, cinematography was fan fucking tastic. Yep. We talked about that just last week. Um, mine. I cannot pronounce their name, as you will catch throughout. A lot of the rest of these. Um, <laughs> mine is Chung Hoon Chung from The Handmaiden, uh, okay. which is the best shot film of possibly this decade, even though we're only about halfway through it. Uh-huh. Nice. I missed that one. So. so, so unbelievably good. Guess he's the one to beat. Yep. Uh, for me, it was the Hell or High Water. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Chewie also went Hell or High Water, yep. which uh, it, it's tough to argue with that one. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so best production design, the third, uh, for hell or high water here Tom Duffield. Okay. Uh, Chewy went with rogue one. Okay. Uh, again, kind of, I yeah. think it's kind of the same thing you said. It just, it felt like star Wars yeah, it felt did. and looked like star Wars. Yeah. Uh, mine is Seong Hai Ryu from the handmaiden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I butchered the shit out of that name and I apologize. Well, they're super pissed now. <laughs> yep. Uh, hell or high water for me again yeah Yeah. that's a very well made it's funny how good that movie is but it didn't feel like a best of until you start going through it and it's like well it really did do the best like a a lot of things you know if you watch the oscars every year you will notice that consistently there's uh movies that get picked for directors and actors and then there's another set of like five or six movies that clean up in the technical awards yeah i could Mm -hmm. see that sound editing visual effects special effects costumes makeup whatever yeah um, okay, so before we get into the big heavy hitters, uh, we're going to do one more fun one, which is best sequel or remake. Uh, Ryan, what do you have? This is where I brought the, in The Jungle Book. Um, oh, okay. I, I didn't even think about Rogue One because it's a standalone story, Brian. <laughs> sure. Uh, <is>. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be no sequel. But uh, yeah, uh, Jungle Book did a pretty good job of bringing a classic to the big screen. Fair enough. Uh, John, what do you have? Rogue One. <laughs> Uh, Chewy went Fantastic Beasts, uh, which I, I didn't put it that high up on my list, but I know she had a fucking blast with it. We saw it twice. Um, I it, thought it was a really good movie. I just so nice. You saw it twice. Yeah. Technically not a sequel or a remake. It's kind of a Well, neither is Rogue One, but that's, that's on what my I'm list. saying. <laughs> that's uh, why I win this round. 
Are you keeping score? <laughs> I'm like 10 points ahead. Well, either way, I go with Rogue One, <laughs> as does John. <laughs> so the only one who has a legit sequel or remake is Brian <laughs> with Jungle Book. The rest of us are just not fans of sequels and remakes, I guess. I, I, to be honest with you, when I this came up and I looked down the list of movies, it seems like we're actually coming out of the funk of sequels and remakes. I think we kind of are, with the exception of the comic book world. Yeah. Uh, I think we kind of are. Yeah, with the exception of the um, what it, franchise films. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because I was really tempted to put Batman for Superman, but that one didn't qualify as a sequel or remake to me, even though it kind of is a sequel to Man of Steel. And kind of a remake of Nolan's Batman movies. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of that, but it's still it's that one felt a little too much of a stretch for me, but I was fine with Rogue One for some reason. Um, okay, so moving into the best actor, actress, and director, and then we have one more question before we get into mm. best films. Um, so best actress, Chewie had down Amy Adams, because she deserves it. <laughs> I almost went with Amy Adams, except this truthfully wasn't her best performance i mean you're talking about for batman versus superman uh, she- <laughs> i mean she was good in that movie is all i'm saying but this was chewy's choice and she did not s- i asked her for which movie i'm like just say which movie and she went because she deserves it <laughs> well okay so then. it was for batman it could have been, been batman versus superman it could have been nocturnal animals which she hasn't seen or it could have been the arrival but it could have been any one of those or just the collection of all of them okay giving her the best you know i can agree with that assessment yeah uh, John, what do you have? I had. Uh, let me see if I can actually get this name pronounced. Oh God! Uh, it's Felicity Jones. It's not that hard. Awali <laughs> Cravalho from Moana. Oh, as, a, as, nice. a, as a first-time yeah. actress, nailed it with her role Fair in, in both singing and acting. And it's like singing is hard. Yeah. As someone who cannot <laughs> sing, I know this. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just to be to go from not acting to acting and do such a good job in like just. The hardest medium, like voice, yeah, is cool. is for me amazing. So I, I I liked I liked what she did. I went for a similar choice uh, because it's her first feature role. She'd done a few short films, but mm-hmm. this is her first feature role, and it's Tyree Kim as Suki in The Handmaiden. Um, <laughs> nice. It, I should have seen that movie. You picked it a lot. I, I, I it. did. It is one of the best movies of the year. It is just. It is near flawless filmmaking in every way, shape, and form, mm. uh, but it did not get my director or best film. But it is like it is one of those ones that it does everything else so perfect. You have to see it, and this girl is phenomenal. Like you are with her every step of the way, and like there's so many twists and turns, and you feel them all with her. It's great. This Just one, so great. This one was actually hard for me. There were no standouts. Like uh, Ex Machina was a couple of years ago or last year for for that. But yeah. I went with um, Anya Taylor Joy for The Witch. She's really good at that. Yeah. I, I she's the main reason I want to see Split. Like I'm I'm going oh, against okay. my like my greater like avoid M Night Shyamalan at all costs. Like, but she's in it. And oh, she's really good. Uh, I've got the, I've, I've seen a lot of people who are like avoid M Night Shyamalan and being like, yes, see this movie. I, I, I've heard that, and then they won't say anything more. I'm like, oh, really? Interesting. It is the first positive reviewed film he's had in over a decade. Wow. <laughs> Uh, okay, so best actor, uh, I'll go first. I have Ryan Gosling for a mix of Nice Guys and La La Land. Okay, because nice. in the same year, doing both of those starkly different roles is always very impressive, and he did a great job with both of them. Yeah, and he also had to do singing, which yeah, again, not very which, easy, and uh, and he's not very good at. But he tried, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and he you know didn't do too bad. Like no, he did fine. He he was not Russell Crowe in Les Mis or Johnny Depp like, in anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he was. Compared to the other actors, like I'm not really a singer. He did great because mm-hmm. uh, the other times this has happened, it's like, oh god, 
And you, know, you could have found someone else. And he has a, a great tune to sing. Like they gave him yeah. a good tune, a good haunting tune to. Yeah, it's sing a very to. good thing. It's not a lot of range, so right. he doesn't really have to stretch too much. It worked out well for him. Yeah. Uh, what'd you have for me? Uh, in the same way that uh, Chewie had for you know, like just in general, I'm going to do for ben, uh, for Ben Foster. No shit. That's yeah. what Chewie put down too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he was both in Warcraft, a very ch- a very phoned in movie, and then. You know, hell or high water, and the fact that he just gave his all for both of them. I don't know, like you know, a for effort on his part. It's exactly what Chewie put down. She said because he made two memorable performances that next to each other make no sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, I have two answers for this. Uh, The actual, probably the best actor this year uh, would probably go to Jeff Bridges or maybe Anton Yelchin for Hell or High Water, Green Room. They were both really great performances in really great movies but the hardest working actor of 2016 was definitely will smith because he carried all of suicide squad (laughs) on his shoulders by himself yeah (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm just happy the suicide squad made somebody's list (laughs) i'm tearing up over here even i know it's shit but i still like it (laughs) oh will smith though man he's really good at it so is uh viola davis and you know the whole cast it's just a great movie right right no? Sure. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so Best Director. I'm going to let Chewie go first on this one because she had the most emotional response to oh. Best Director. Uh, she went with Gareth Edwards because he made her cry yeah. for non-mushy reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She took so much away from Rogue One. I, I I loved Rogue One. I wish I could love it as much as she did because that movie just meant the world to her. And Gareth Edwards gave it to her in a silver platter. It was very, very well done. Uh, I went with Barry Jenkins from Moonlight because that movie is phenomenal. And if it had even the wrong moment directed, even the best moment, like there was no room for slack in that movie. Like it is all just like a tightrope walk of like acting, performance, and scene and everything. And you need someone who can handle all of that and make it work in a way that's not. It's not a message movie about like coming out. It's not like about gang wars. It's just about one guy mm-hmm. and his life. And you just you nailed it. It's mm-hmm. like the most impressive work of a director I've seen in a very very long time. I could give it to Gareth Edwards for like a visionary sense of the mm-hmm. director because he definitely took all of the right uh, ideas from what we loved about A New Hope and brought it to this Star Wars remake or yeah story whatever. But as uh, his his performances. Uh, just kind of felt a little flat to me, and it may have been intentional that they were going for a little more uh, fantasy reading, like in A New Hope, you know? Yeah. Um, George Lucas was kind of a young director at the time as well. I would agree, but you, you look back at his other films, and that's kind of a common thread from Monsters to Godzilla. Yeah. He kind of has that... He's really good with big ideas, yeah. but getting the character performances, he's not quite there yet. I think he will, though. He's a very entertaining director to watch. I agree. So I went with uh, Robert Eggers for The Witch. Solid choice. Yeah. That was my number two. I yeah. was almost there, and then number three was uh, The Handmaiden. Go figure. Oh, uh, my number two was going to be The Green Room. Oh, yeah. Fucking great movie this yeah. year. Uh, John, what do you have for Best Director? So I've been waffling back and forth on it for a little while, but I'm going to ultimately go with Damien Chazelle for nice. La La Land. Yeah. And nice. because of... I know La La Land's fairly similar to Whiplash, yep. but both those movies know the genre they're playing in and really have a handle of the format and how it translates to film. And so this this like with this as his like second movie being as skillful as it is like it, it's a lot of work doing a musical and a musical that's so amorphous as La La Land. Yeah. It it was not an easy task. Mm-hmm. And he's his sense of music is a benefit to film. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, he's one of those guys who's very very exciting to watch, kind of like Gareth Edwards and. So yeah, and, and yeah. it's it's a tough one because yeah, I also very much appreciate Gareth Edwards. Yeah, and all those like so there were some top. <laughs> yeah, this one was hard for me. Yeah. actually. All right, so before we get to best film, I'm gonna ask these two questions. Uh, what's the 2016 movie that you missed that you really wish you hadn't? Uh, Chewie's. <laughs> <clears throat> I could not disagree with her more in this one. I am so fine with missing this movie. Shoot it with Tarzan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was so okay missing that movie. Yeah, me Part too. of the reason she missed it was because I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so I apologize to Chewie for her missing that, that well, thing. Headmains is going on my list because it, it got okay. so many of your awards, but I wrote down Moonlight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Moonlight. Both fen- phenomenal movies. Uh, I went with The Monster Calls. Because uh, oh, I heard I that it was it. absolutely great, even though a lot of people told me I should not see it because it's all about losing a parent. And I was like, well, I, oh. I think I could still see it though. I, mm-hmm. It looks like a really great movie, and I heard it's phenomenal. So it, it's out. Wow. Okay. It came out. It was like one of those movies that came out in like two theaters at the end of the year, so it could still be up for Oscars. Gotcha. Yeah, but you can. It's still in theaters now. You can. So I saw a Facebook ad for it the other day. And I was like, wait, this is a movie. So yeah. like, yeah, he's got to get working on that advertising. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, this is a. a because usually when I'm not watching movies for the podcast, or if I miss out, I'm trying to catch up, right? And all that. So I got another one of these kind of like shame ones. And for me, being a fan of Totally Rad Show back in the day, I can't believe I missed Ten Cloverfield Lane. Mm-hmm. Have you still not seen it? You're on I'm that still episode? not seen it. Like it, it, I have the DVD. Like it's ready to go. And until when I finish dealing with a certain other personal problem with apartments, I'm catching up. But yeah, you literally. But missed I also my missed two, it. two of my favorite movies. Yeah. I, I missed it also in the theater, which I was going to try to get to. But as yeah. a, as a parent, that's actually tough too. So yeah, I missed yeah. it twice, for just out of reasons. And I'm like, man, sorry, Dan. <laughs> okay, so what's the 2016 movie that you saw that you went fuck? Why'd I watch that? Uh, Chewie and I tie on this one. We both put down Sausage Party because fuck uh, that movie. Okay, I missed that one, and I'm okay with that. Oh, it's fucking garbage. I actually wrote down Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, but you're both kicked off this there, podcast. <laughs> I, I'm changing my mind at the last second because there was oh. a movie that I saw and I hated it so much I actually blocked it out of my memory, and that was Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember Batman versus Superman, and I actually saw it twice, so I enjoyed it enough to watch it a second yeah, time. Yeah, I saw it there twice. Some scenes, but Warcraft. Uh, paid off in zero ways for me. I didn't enjoy the action. I didn't enjoy the action. There was a sheep in it. Oh, I did like the sheep and I like the murloc gurgle. So there's a couple Yeah. Uh, And John, yours was also Batman vs. Superman? Yep. Yeah, you're fired. Um, (laughs) There goes the website. Uh, (laughs) Shit, you're rehired. (laughs) No, Uh, be serious. I would never do that. Uh, I have a code. (laughs) It's HTML, CSS. Yeah, you've got a lot of lines of code, don't you? (laughs) I assume there's more than one. At least I hope. Uh, okay, so we're going to go for best film of 2016. Uh, mine did not get a single award on the entire list of mine, but it is still what I think is the best movie of the year because I've watched it the most, Sing Street. Because fuck, that movie's great. Yeah, you've been singing that praises since you saw it in the theater. Oh, I love the hell out of it. It's so good. It doesn't, I don't think any of the, the working parts are the best of the year, Right. but it came together the best for the uh, the end product. Uh, Chewie's was Hell or High Water. John? Nice guys. Nice guys, solid choice. Again, just it's it's my cup of tea in terms of humor, action, yeah. and uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe both going against type and comedic roles, fucking great yeah. to watch. I mean, we haven't talked about the the is it Shane Black? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, Shane Black, yeah. the mastermind. I mean, he's always does a great job. Yeah, it's rare to watch one of his movies and go, Meh. yeah. 
Like, even Iron Man 3, I still like for these Shane Black moments. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I don't think it's the best Marvel movie, but no. like the Shane Blackiness of it, fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I had really up in the air about my best film. I have so many good options. Uh, there was one movie, the one movie that came out in 2016 that I will watch over and over again, and it will always be a great time, and it was like a breath of fresh air in the genre is Deadpool. Yep. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, it is kind of a superhero movie for kids. So the other movie for kids, uh, yeah, for kids. Interesting. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. They tell you not to bring your kids, but it's for thirteen-year-olds. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't mean when you say kids. kids, I imagine like kids, kids, teenagers. No, yeah, okay. It's no, for definitely. teenagers, absolutely. But I walked out of uh, the green room and, and just went, "Oh my god, what a fantastic piece of filmmaking!" And I loved everything about it. All the actors, writing, directing, cinematography green room i think green room my number two yeah I, I was really it was it's one of those movies where i don't know why it doesn't hit the number one spot for me i i, I honestly don't have a good answer because when i watch that movie it's like this is everything i want in a movie yeah so unbelievably well done they should show that at film school yeah well that's like, why people shouldn't get what they want right yeah <laughs> because then it will never reach number one on anyone's list right yeah, there, there's so <laughs> few things in that movie that don't work like it, it's next to nothing that movie is damn near flawless fucking great um, okay, so as our final goodbye question, um, you're going to have to stick around for the answer to this thing because I'm going to do our plugs before it. Uh, it's going to be the 2017 movie that we are the most excited for. I've got an interesting answer. You should stick around. Yeah, uh, I have a. I don't think anyone's expecting mine, so still stick around. So our website, ATHpod.com. You can find us there. You can also find us on Twitter at ATH underscore podcast. You can find us pretty much everywhere else online at ATH podcast. You can email us at ATH podcast at uh, gmail.com and follow us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, which would be great. You did. I, I wanted to talk about something you put on the list to send out. The best thing about 2016 that uh, wasn't on the list. Oh, that was going to be my final goodbye question. Hmm. We can do both. We'll do both. Okay, yeah. yeah. So if you stuck around this long, you get two questions for the price of one. How do you like that? Okay, so the what's the 2017 movie that you're most looking forward to? Uh, for me, now, you would expect me to say Spider-Man Homecoming because I'm loving Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. He's my favorite comic book That's character. exactly what I expect you to answer. You would expect me to say Episode Eight of Star Wars. I did not expect that because nope. I don't know. I just did not expect that one. Because you forgot it was coming out in December. Yep. Probably. No, I remembered. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because I've been waiting 30 years to see what happens to Luke Skywalker after Return of the Jedi. And I I thought I was going to get it with Force Awakens. Guess yeah, not. No. Fuck you. So what more you got. Luke Skywalker <laughs> in Episode Eight. But both of those films have a serious chance of disappointing me in some way or another. So there is one movie coming out in 2017 that I am so hyped for, and I know that it will deliver only everything I want out of it, and that is Lego Batman. I could not disagree with you more. Uh, I could go on my nerd rant of why I don't want to see that movie, but I won't. Um, My 2017 movie that I am the most excited for, uh, it's a sequel, Long Coming, and I could not be, like, I am, like, it's more important to me than any other movie coming out this year, and I could not be more oh, thrilled. Power Rangers. Train Spotting 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Uh, Chewie's is uh, Kong, and she said, because that poster. All right. Uh, it, I looks, think, it looks fun. I think Kong looks like a blast. Sure. I don't think it'd be my number one, but yeah, yeah. I'm totally excited to see it. Uh, John? I like weird sci-fi that might not pan out to anything, so Valerian in the City of a Thousand oh, Planets. Nice. Oh, that, that looks so looks good. Too. <laughs> yeah. And Luke Besson going back to sci-fi. Hooray! Life actually looks good, really. Yeah, really life looks good, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. Um, okay, so then for those, for our absolute goodbye to 2016, get the fuck out. Woo! What is the number one thing that we did not talk about today? I'll let Chewie go first. She said the villain Zoom on Flash because <laughs> he was 
a great evil super scary villain with a great ass uh mine i'll go really quick uh mine was a podcast that i've been listening to that started in 2016 and it is absolutely phenomenal and weird and out there and quirky and just the best thing you can listen to if you like podcasts at all which if you listen to this i assume you do it's the orbiting human circus all right and it's so good put that on my list john cool uh for me it's a podcast i started listening to it used to be called uh, vice's new gaming podcast but they oh. turned into waypoint radio and they're two times a week and i really like the games discussions and video games criticism that they do cool they do some really great stuff on their website too so like check them out yeah cool john. so my best thing of, call you john yeah my best thing <laughs> of uh 2016 overall that rain delay Game seven of the World Series. <laughs> After that was the ninth awesome. Inning, yeah. Scores tied. Cubs Indians. There's a rain delay, and the Cubs have a rally in the the clubhouse and come back and win the World Series for the first time in hundred what hundred eight years. Sounds about right. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That, that was like, a good moment. Yeah. It was like that was solid. <laughs> that was solid non scripted TV. Yeah, <laughs> made you go. Is this scripted? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, okay, so again, thank you to everybody uh, for listening, for joining us throughout 2016. Uh, look forward to, we already have a couple episodes out about 2017, and then we have more coming up. Uh, next week we have, next week is Don't Breathe, right? Yep, Don't yeah, Breathe. Very excited yep. for Don't Breathe. I fucking love that. And then moment. we'll come back and re-edit yep. my parts of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch okay. out for our blog posts. Yes, and that's, uh, you should have already seen four of them come up if you've been following our Facebook. Uh, we've had our best of list coming out, and then we have more coming out, and we're going to have some guest writers on that we're very excited about. Jeff Ott, we're going to have at some point, I hope. Lots of hope. Lots of hope. A new hope, if you will. Okay, bye! Bye.